Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Heat waves around the Mediterranean from Spain to Greece have damaged olive harvests, with recent reports indicated that Europe has almost run out of local olive oil supplies. For its part, Greece, a key exporter of high-quality extra virgin olive oil to the rest of the world, is expected to produce a third less than last year, and consumers are already experiencing significant price hikes on a product that is seen as essential in every Greek home. Vasilis Franzolas, an olive oil seminar teacher and taster and the publisher of the book Modern Techniques for Olive Growing and Production of Quality Olive Oil, joins me to look at the scope of the crisis facing the olive oil industry today, break down what these shortages and inevitable price hikes mean for countries like Greece, and explore whether climate change is putting the future of this ancient industry at risk. Vasilis, it's great having you on The Greek Current with us. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much. Vasilis, just how serious is this olive oil crisis we're seeing unfold? Well, it is serious for this year and for the year before, but we don't know how this situation will continue in the future. It happened to have, in two consecutive years, very, very bad weather conditions, high temperatures. In the major olive oil producer, which is Spain, Spain produces half of the global production. So you understand that if Spain gets 40% of its production, that means 20% less in global production. So you understand it's a 20% less olive oil in the markets. This is the reason we have these tremendous price increases, because people don't easily replace this edible oil with other kinds of oil because they know the superiority of olive oil. So this is a basic law of commerce. You know, you have a shortage, you have higher prices. Vasily, while Spain seems to have been hit the hardest, Greece is also expecting a smaller harvest this year. Is this also largely a result of these weather conditions and heat waves that you've described, or are other factors at play as well? Well, partially yes and partially no. Greece will have much smaller production. Last year we had one of the biggest 30,000 tons of olive oil, and this year it's expected to have less than half. But this is not due to bad weather. Mainly is due to the olive phenomenon. Olive phenomenon is that when the tree produces too much one year, a full production. Next year, it's producing much less. So it's producing maybe the 40%. So this is totally normal to have a year with less production. But it happens that we have some periods of hot weather, especially in the face of flowering. Flowering is the most sensitive phase of olive production. Why? Because if you don't have flour, you don't have olives. So we have both things, full year before, and we happen to have also bad weather, especially these 15 days that we have the flowering of olives. With olive oil and olives playing a key role in Greece's agricultural sector, what does all of this mean for Greek producers and farmers? Well, in every country, I would say, especially in the smaller one, producers, I mean, not in Spain, but in Italy, in Portugal, in Greece, producers are used to have one very good year and the following year to have no income. Some varieties, maybe when you have very good year, it takes two years to have a low production, especially if the olives are, the olive groves are not irrigated. So, in general, people will suffer from that. If these heat waves, let's say, high heat periods, happen to be continued in the next years, that will be a problem, of course. And bear in mind that in Greece, we have the smallest percentage of olive groves that are irrigated. If the trees are irrigated, they will not suffer so much. 
But if the heat waves hit the flowering period, as I mentioned before, that will be a big problem. And that happened to Spain. That's why they had 40% of their production. Most of the Spanish groves are irrigated, but they had very hot periods during the critical phases of producing olives. I want to move from the producer to the consumer. You know, when it comes to consuming olive oil, Greeks lead the way. How do you see this global olive oil supply shortage, along with the dramatic price increases that have gone with it, impacting Greek households? Well, the latest data say that Greece lost the first place as far as consumption per capita is concerned. Spain now is leading with 11 kilos per capita, and Greece have one kilo per capita less, 10 kilos. This is the latest data we have from the International Oil Council. But doesn't change the question you have made. For me, the problem is that we are afraid of two things. Number one is that consumers maybe will turn to alternative fats, oils. If they go away from uh, olive oil, usually they go to seed oils. And the other problem is that we are afraid that because maybe in Greece 70% or 75% of oil that is Greek consumed, it's not coming from packaged oil. It's coming from anonymous sources. They move illegally the olive oil in the 70 kilos tins, which is not allowed in all Europe and in Greece, of course, but in Greece we don't follow this rule, this restriction. And most of the oil is circulating in these 70 kilos tins, big tins. In this case, we are afraid that they will put other very low quality oils inside. Seed oils especially, which are very cheap now. Seed oils cost 3 euros a kilo or 2.5, but the olive oil, you can sell it for 10, 11 euros per kilo. So the difference is tremendous. So, you know, I'm afraid that this will happen. And the other thing, as I mentioned before, that Greek household, when they have two, three kids, they're not able to have good olive oil in their household they will have to go with seed oils. Seed oils has been used, I would say, maybe in 80% of the Greek restaurants when they cook. And I'm afraid that will happen also with Greek households. They will give maybe, if they are uh, more well-educated about the positive sides of consuming olive oil, they will stay to use it as a cold condiment, you know, in salads and things like that. They will not be able to suffer. The, it will go 13 euros in the shelves of supermarket. Or 15. Today it's 12. I mean, the more economical way they can go, it's the little supermarket. And yesterday, yesterday, I saw 12 euros in the little supermarket, extra virgin olive oil. They're not able to follow that. It's impossible. So we will have to go to seed oils. Just how dramatic has this price increase been? You know, how does the price today compare to, let's say, a year ago? It's double price. So there's been a 100% increase almost. 120%. And bear in mind that we're used in Greece and in Spain, you know, to consume a lot of olive oil. So it's a big amount of money household has to spend on oils. I'm afraid they will turn more heavily on seed oils. Give me the opportunity to tell you. Seed oils is the worst thing you can put in your body. The worst thing you can put in your body. Inflammatory diseases come from seed oil. You know, inflammatory diseases are everything on our heart, about cancer. Everything starts from inflammation in our body. So this is very bad, very, very bad. People don't know that. Why they don't know? Because the industry is very strong of seed oil, very strong. Multi-billion dollars industry, so it's not easy to write about all these things. But we know, as scientists, we know very well that. How bad is the seed oil? And that's why they have started appreciating the olive oil. Olive oil has the phenols, 
phenols don't get LDL to be oxidized. This is the main, main first thing. Phenols prevent LDL to be oxidized. And oxidation of LDL builds up the wall of the chair inside our arteries that eventually will have the heart attacks. Only oxidized LDL. If you open any medical book, you will see that. If the LDL becomes oxidized, then we have all this problem. It goes into the arteries and then they start building up. So we don't want LDL to be oxidized. And olive oil, the phenols of olive oil, prevent the LDL to be oxidized. So this is the key. The first thing we have to learn. But it's not easy when you have a family that is not able to buy, you know, to spend all this amount of money for a good olive oil. It's not easy to convince them they don't buy it, you know, that's all. The cultivation, Vasilis, of olives in Greece and the Mediterranean dates back thousands of years. As we see increasing heat waves year after year, is there a concern that climate change is putting the future of this ancient industry at risk? Not at risk, I wouldn't say at risk, but there will be less production of olive oil and we will have to see the results of that. People will have to turn to other maybe cultures and do other things, but people will continue. And don't forget that there are areas that get not that warm temperatures in the northern areas. For example, in Macedonia and Greece, we talk about Greece. They have started already cultivating olive trees. So we don't know, maybe in these north parts of Greece, we will see more olives to be cultivated. So maybe we will have a change of how the olives are cultured in Greece. So it will not be at risk because everybody knows how value is this tree, the value we can get from that. It's tremendous demand from all over the world. So, you know, everybody will try to continue that, but not in the same area. They will have to move north, but the industry will not be at risk. No, no, I assure you for that. No, it will be at risk. Maybe some areas where they have no water, like in Crete, in uh, the eastern part of Greece, especially Agus Nicolaou, Sitia, Erethimno, and Iraklion also, they, you know, they suffer, not Kanya. Kanya is an area that, for some reason, the geography of the area creates a lot of rain over there, has doubled the rain yearly than the other areas of Crete. So in Hanya, there is not going to be any problem, I think. Since in Crete, uh, you see Heraklion has 420 millimeters per year rain, and Hanya has 750, tremendous difference. So when Hanya goes down, for example, after 50 years, in 450, we'll still have oil production like they have now in Heraklion, but maybe in Heraklion they will not have. That's what I mean. We will have to see, you know, the olive growth moving to other areas. Everybody wants to take advantage of this uh, tree. It's magical, believe me. It also does magical things to human health. So that's why, you know, everybody's appreciating olive oil. And uh, I think that uh, the industry will not be at risk in Greece. Vasilis, it's been great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. In other news, Turkey's foreign minister, Hakan Fidan, said on Wednesday that Kurdish militants' facilities and infrastructure in Syria and Iraq are legitimate targets for his government following a suicide bombing attack in Ankara over the weekend. He pledged an extremely clear retaliation. He also warned third parties to stay away from what he described as legitimate targets. Turkey conducted air raids against PKK rear bases in the northern mountains of Iraq hours after Sunday's attack, and the defense ministry released fresh images Wednesday purporting to show PKK targets being hit in Iraq the night before. 
Finally, the suggestion by Turkish Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan on Wednesday that hydrocarbon deposits off the coast of Cyprus could be jointly exploited by the Greek and Turkish communities with a maritime borders agreement similar to the one signed between Israel and Lebanon last year is seen as having as its ultimate goal the undermining of the existing framework for resolving the Cyprus issue. Ankara has previously argued in favor of some form of maritime borders agreement for offshore deposits between the Greek and Turkish Cypriots, which Nicosia flatly rejects on the grounds that it would be a way of legitimizing the pseudo-state in the Turkish-occupied north of Cyprus, which is recognized only by Turkey. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.